Welcome to the Grind It Podcast. You know, life can be such a grind at times, and so we're here sharing God's Word with you to encourage you to keep grinding and to not give up. It's time to grind. So here's the host of the Grind It Podcast, the old school skateboarder himself, Randall Tucker. Welcome to the Grind It Podcast. Today we're going to pick up where we left off in Matthew chapter 8. And this is part three of Matthew chapter eight. And if you remember, Jesus has come down from the mountain after teaching his disciples what we call the Sermon on the Mount. And he was, and what set that up was he was, he had told his disciples that their righteousness must exceed that of the Pharisees, or they're not getting into heaven. And so he goes through these series of of teachings, uh, uh, and all these. Um, ways that they could um, make sure that their righteousness did exceed that of the Pharisees so that they could get into heaven. And he would say things like, you know, Moses said to you, uh, because, you know, in other words, this is the authority of what your rabbis have. They use the authority of Moses because God gave the law to Moses and then Moses would teach it to the people and and, and told them to to write these words in their hearts in Deuteronomy chapter 6. And now, here it is thousands of years later, and Jesus, the Messiah that they've been looking for for a very long time, the prophets have, have, have prophesied about his coming. They have been looking for him for hundreds of years. And, and uh, the, the disciples that Jesus picked, they said, you know, we have found the Messiah. He is, he is here. And, and, and so here is this man who has gone around and picked these 12 men to be his close followers, his close disciples. And he says, okay, this is what Moses said, but now I say to you. And so they were the people along with the disciples, they're just amazed at his teaching and his authority. And, and, and so he, he is giving them this new teaching. He is saying that your righteousness, that it has to exceed this of the Pharisees. And, and so they're coming down the mountain as, as they come down the mountain after Jesus has finished teaching his disciples. This huge crowd had been gathering around and they're listening to him teach his disciples. So they're hearing what he is saying. And as they come down this mountain, he is confronted by a leper who wants to be healed. And, and the disciples see Jesus lay his hand on this leper, something that you did not do. Uh, you ran from a leper. You crossed the street on the other side of a leper because if you were to come in contact with that leper, you would be pronounced unclean and would have to go before a priest and you would be quarantined for at least seven days to see if you were going to have leprosy. Uh, but Jesus, they saw, the disciples saw, and the crowd that was following saw Jesus lay his hands on this leper and healed this leper from his leprosy. They were traveling with Jesus as he come off the mountain and he healed the leper and he's going into Capernaum as he is confronted by, he's either confronted by the Roman soldier or as Luke tells it, the the Roman soldier has sent people to find Jesus and say, hey, look, I've got a servant. I care about this servant. He's a good dude. He's, he, he, he does, uh, he works well for me and I, and I'm just, I, I need him to be healed and you are working all these miracles so i know that you can heal this uh this this servant of mine <clears throat> and this is a roman soldier a centurion who is in command 
over a lot of soldiers. He's a brave man. He's a strong man. He is, he is a manly man. Uh, if you will, and, and he has a lot of power. He has a lot of prestige. He's, he's very wealthy. And yet he cares about this servant who is paralyzed and he's, and he's about, to, he's at the point of death. And so he intercedes on behalf of this servant and he finds Jesus and he asks Jesus to heal this servant. And so Matthew chapter eight, what we're seeing is Matthew chapter eight is, is full of, of these healings. It's full of miracles, but they have a purpose. They show us that Jesus is the ultimate example of living out what he preaches because he had just given all these lessons on the Sermon on the Mount and now he is acting them out in front of his disciples to show them that he is the real deal. And in today's podcast, the healings continue. And we pick up with uh, verses 14 through 17 that says, when Jesus arrived at Peter's house, Peter's mother-in-law was sick in bed with a high fever. But when Jesus touched her hand, the fever left her and she got up and prepared a meal for him. And that evening, many demon-possessed people were brought to Jesus and he cast out evil spirits with a simple command and he healed all the sick. This fulfilled the word of the Lord through the prophet Isaiah who said he took our sicknesses and removed our diseases. So, uh, remember, they come down off the mountain and they were traveling to Capernaum. And, and there's a lot of interesting verses in the Bible, a lot of interesting stories. And some take some digging into to see what's going on, but not this one. In this passage, it's, it's just as practical as it can be uh, because Jesus and, and his disciples, you know, they, they've had this conversation. They're coming off the mountain and they need a place to stay. And, and, and obviously, at some point as they were traveling, Jesus had a conversation with his disciples and said, we got to have a place to stay for tonight. We need rest and we need food. And Peter says, well, my house isn't too far away. Let's just go to my house. We can just all stay at my house and hey, we'll get my mother-in-law to, to cook for us. But there was a problem. When they, when they come in to Peter's house, Peter's mother-in-law is sick. She's got a, a, a temperature. She's got a fever. And evidently, it was a very high fever. And, and, and it's, it's put her down. And so she's in the bed and, and she's resting. And uh, so um, this verse, these verses tell us, uh, obviously, that Peter was married. And he has a family to take care of. And it also gives us insight on how families were in Jesus' day. And they're, they're what we call extended families. They're they all they lived together they didn't or at least they lived nearby they didn't they didn't you know go into another state like we do here in the united states they didn't they didn't go all across the country and their families were just spread out all over the place they they stayed together they were a very close-knit family um and so what we see in this passage is jesus is not really concerned about her illness because in, in my opinion he has another concern he goes to Peter's mother-in-law, he touches her hand, <clears throat> and immediately the fever's gone. She's healed. And so she gets up and she heads straight to the kitchen or wherever, you know, not that they had a kitchen that was separate like we do in our homes, but she went to where the stove is, where she could prepare some food. And, and the reason why I said a while ago that this passage is so practical is because, in my opinion, I believe that Jesus healed this woman Peter's mother-in-law so she can get up and go cook. Evidently, she's a good cook. Jesus has been on the mountain all day teaching uh, for a very long time. Uh, he's, he's healed some people and he needs food 
because he his body needs energy because you have to remember Jesus is a hundred percent human. He 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 got hungry, he got tired, he got thirsty, he needed rest, he needed sleep. All of these things that we need as humans, Jesus needed it. And and he knows what's about to take place because uh in this passage we see that many people from all around uh, where Peter lives had found out that Jesus is staying at Peter's house. And so they're going to bring all of these sick people and all these people who uh, are demon-possessed to Peter's house so Jesus can heal them of their diseases or that he can cast out the demons from them so that they can live a a normal life. And so uh, this was a fulfillment of Isaiah 53, 4, which says he took our sicknesses and removed our diseases. But this passage shows us um, that Jesus is human and that he had needs. And, and, and it's so practical, it's showing us that Jesus heals this uh, woman, Peter's mother-in-law, so she can go and cook them a meal and they can have some good food to eat because he, his body needed energy for what was about to take place. And so um, there's people in the crowd that, that they're, they're so pumped at what they're witnessing, that they're so excited when they see all these people uh, that are sick being healed and, and all these demons being cast out, that one by one, people begin to, to cry out to Jesus, Hey, I, I want to follow you. I'll do whatever is necessary to, to, to be your disciple. I'll go wherever you go. I want to do, uh, I want to watch you do these things that you were doing. And so uh, as, as, he, uh, as he has a conversation with these people, he, he says, Hey, look. I've got to be first place in your life. I have to be numero uno. I have to be the most important thing in your life. And because and, one by one, these people begin to make excuses that they say, you know, I want to be your follower, but I have to go do this thing first. I have to go. Uh, I have, my my father dies, and I I need to go bury the dead. And Jesus says, let the dead bury the dead. And 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 he's not being ugly or mean there. He's just saying, hey. I'm I'm more important. I'm life. I can bring I can actually bring life unto your dead father. I am the most important thing, and I need to be first. Um, and so uh, he tells his twelve disciples as he's talking to these people to get in the boat, and they're going to uh, cross over to uh, the other side. But um, as Jesus climbs into the boat, he's he's had uh, a, a busy day, right? He's been teaching all day long. He's been healing people, uh, and now he's been at Peter's house and got a little comfortable uh, while the mother-in-law had cooked a meal. He's ate a good meal. And what happens when you're tired and you eat a good meal? You want to take a nap. You want to go to sleep. I did it last night. I had a Thanksgiving meal. I sit down to watch Elf with my daughter and and my kids, and as and, and, and soon as I sat down, we started watching Elf. And, and it wasn't no time at all that my eyes began to get heavy and and I just fell asleep and I slept through most of the movie that I've seen a million times. But the, but I had eat this meal, a, a good meal, and I sat down and, and to rest and to watch this movie and immediately I was asleep. It happens to Jesus. Why? Because he is human. He's just like us. He's had a busy day. He's tired. He's had a good meal. And now he gets in the boat with his disciples and tells them to cross to the other side of the lake. And he's going to take a nap. He, he is just absolutely worn out. Well, 
as they are rowing, a storm comes up suddenly. And this word suddenly is the same word used when the leper had uh, suddenly appeared before Jesus as he knelt down before Jesus. It's the same exact word, meaning just like the leper, this storm just appears out of nowhere. I mean, they're out there on this, uh, I'm sure it's the Sea of Galilee, they're out, the, uh, Matthew just calls it a lake, but they're out there on this lake and they're rowing their boat and they're just, you know, having good conversation about what's been taking place, about Jesus' teachings, about the healings that they've, they've, they've witnessed that day, and they're just, you know, abiding their time as they're rowing. Uh, crossing the lake to the other side as Jesus had commanded them. Jesus is hanging out. He's taking a nap. He's getting his rest. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, a storm comes. And this storm grows so violently that it, it, it's throwing uh, the boat all over the place. It's rocking. And the, the, the winds are, are raging. The waves are raging. It's, they're beating against the boat. The disciples are getting soaking wet. Um, they're being tossed all over the boat. They're afraid that they're going to be tossed over the side because the storm is so violent and they're going to drown in those waves. And so we, we, you know, they're, they're scared that they're going to die. And we have to remember that several of these disciples are experienced on the water. They've been on this lake their whole lives. They, they've had a fishing business ever since they were little kids. And they, they know this lake. They know the water. They, they know how to steer a boat. They know how to row a boat. They know how to control a boat in a storm. But evidently, this was no ordinary storm. It was a raging storm. And these well-experienced men who knew what to do on the water, on a boat, in a storm were literally scared for their lives. They are living all of a sudden in fear. And they're so full of fear that they're going to go and wake Jesus up from his nap. And so I, I want to stop right here and, and just point out a few things. And then we'll finish um, this story. The first thing I want to point out is that the disciples are full of fear and they're scared that they're going to die. And I thought about this. People, and talking about you and you and me, people are confident and sometimes actually cocky when they are in control, or at least they think they are in control of their lives. Things are going smoothly. You know, they're going to work. They're, they're, they got their bills paid. Life is good. Maybe they've taken a vacation or, or you know, they've got some money in their savings and they've got some money in the bank and they're, like I said, all their bills are paid. Hey, life is good. I am in control and things are going great. But then all of a sudden, a storm comes and, and, and it goes out of control and life begins to spiral out of control. Well, like I said, at least four of these disciples were fishermen. They, uh, like uh, James and John, had a family business with their dad, Zebedee, and they had been on this water all their lives. Peter and Andrew were fishermen. They had been on this lake in a fishing business for if, if most, if not all, of their lives. They, th these, at least these four guys should have been calm when this storm showed up like this, but, but this is no ordinary storm. 
And this tells me that the storm was so violent that even these four men who were used to being in storms on this lake and were used to being in a boat and and knew how to control a, a boat in a storm, well, the storm was so violent they couldn't even control the boat and they lost their confidence. And once they realized that they could not control the situation, fear set in. And, and, and when fear set in, it was not good. Everybody on this boat was in a panic. You ever been there? Have you ever been in a situation that your back's against the wall, that this storm has come up in your life just out of nowhere, something out of your control has, has you know, you lost your job or your job is shut down or, uh, or uh, a scammer has emptied your bank account that you have worked so long and so hard to have and or, or uh, you've been pronounced with a disease that you cannot control and you know your, your, your time is limited like you know with cancer or you just have days to live or weeks to live or months to live or, or you lost a loved one just out of nowhere. They, they had a car accident or, or they had a, this freak accident and, and, and now your whole world is just rocked. It's just shaken to the core. The storm has just come out of nowhere. And you're, 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 you're full of fear. And it's not a good feeling at all. That, that's what's going on with the disciples here. And, and so they're full of fear. And then we, the second thing I want to point out is the opposite side of the coin here. We, we look at the disciples who are full of fear, but then there's Jesus who is, he, he has no fear whatsoever. He's, he's so at peace. He is asleep in the boat. And again, the Bible is sometimes so practical that we don't have to go digging deep to see what the scriptures mean. And this is this is one of those times because to me this shows exactly just how human Jesus is because like I said he's had a a long day. He's been teaching on the mountain. He he's been healing people. And he's had this meal, and now he is asleep. And 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 you know what this is like. You you worked a twelve-hour shift. Maybe you've worked a double shift or whatever. And and you you come home and you ate something, and you sit down and crash. And I mean, you're just immediately asleep, and you are just so uh, in a deep sleep that you know nothing would affect you. They could stick an air horn right up to your ear and blow it, and it would not even phase you uh i've had people you know say to me you know how in the world did you sleep through that you you missed this uh and you've probably been told the same thing maybe a big thunderstorm has come up and the 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 lightning and the thunder was just booming and clapping so much and shaking the house but yet you just slept through the whole thing i I didn't know there was a storm last night I, i i just slept because you're in such a deep sleep and that's what's going on with with jesus here He's, he's in this very deep sleep because if you think about that, if you get a picture of this boat that they're in, it's just being thrown all over the place by these waves that are created by these strong winds. And, and, and it's so bad that these four experienced fishermen are scared to death. They're in fear for their lives. They can't control the boat and they know what to do. They've been in this boat or one similar their whole life and yet they've lost control and they're full of fear and yet there is Jesus in such a deep 
sleep. And they're like, how in, how in the world is he sleeping at this point? It's because the dude's tired. And it shows us just how human Jesus is or was. He's had a busy day. He's been healing people. He's been teaching people. He's been casting out demons. And he's had a good meal. And the dude needs some sleep. He needs some rest. And so he's in this deep sleep. And so they... He was in such a deep sleep that even though this boat is just going crazy in this storm, it it never phased him. He never woke up until those disciples, full of fear, literally go and wake Jesus up. You know, and and, which brings me to the third thing I want to share. They go to Jesus, and and Matthew says they're shouting. Why are they shouting? Because when we're full of fear, that's what we do. Everything elevates including our voices we think that, that you know because of this fear if we shout it's going to change the situ- situation but they're trying to wake jesus up from this deep sleep and they're shouting lord save us we're going to drown here dude how are you sleeping get up and do something about this situation you know if we think about fear fear does crazy things to us and many times it distorts our thinking we panic when we're afraid and we, we can't think right. We can't think straight. And, and it, sometimes survival skills, they just kick in and we do whatever we can, whatever we have to, to survive because we don't want to die, right? We want to live. We want to stay alive. And so these guys are panicking. They wanted to survive. They didn't want to die. And their, 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 their option to survive, to stay alive, He's literally laying right there in the boat asleep. You know, we know he's tired. We know he needs rest. But hey, he's the only one that can fix this situation. It's out of our control. And and we got to wake him up and get him to do something about this situation. And so that's what they do. They wake him up and say, hey, Lord, save us. We're drowning here, dude. Do something about this. And judging by their reaction at the end after Jesus calms the storm, I don't, I don't, I don't think they expected Jesus to do what he did. I, I, I think they, they just knew that he could do something, but they did not expect him to speak to the winds and the waves and the storm, and it immediately calm like it did. I don't believe that the disciples realized the power that Jesus had, that he could wake up from a nap. And speak to a storm, speak to a violent wind, speak to raging waves that were so strong that they thought they were going to drown. They they thought they were going to be tossed out of this boat or the boat was going to be destroyed and they would drown out there in the middle of this lake in this storm. I don't believe they realized the power of Jesus because this storm was immediately calm and i think we're just like the disciples we're, we're not any different than they are even though they existed two thousand years ago even though they had jesus right there on the boat so we don't have that luxury we, we have god's word we can read it and know about jesus and we can have a relationship with jesus and god speaks to us through his word and we, we can know all about jesus and we can experience jesus for ourselves 
through the power of his word, through the power of the Holy Spirit living inside of us. But these guys had Jesus right there. They had been walking with him. Jesus had handpicked these 12 men, and they've been hearing the teachings. They have been seeing the power of God, but they have never experienced Jesus for themselves. You see, we, we like the disciples, we go through storms in life. And I'm not talking about thunderstorms now. I'm talking about life challenges. When, when <clears throat> we think we're in control of the boat and out of nowhere, a storm comes up in our lives and, 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 it's, and life gets out of control. It's chaos. And, and no matter how hard we try to control the situation, it keeps getting worse and we think that we're going to die, literally, physically. We, it's out of our control. And what are we going to do about this situation? Well, we, we know the power of Jesus. We know what Jesus can do in any situation, just like the disciples. They, they knew they have seen him work miracles. They've seen him cast out demons. They know the power that Jesus has. They know what he can do. And yet, this storm comes unexpectedly and they freak out. And we do the same thing. We become full of fear and we can't think straight and we freak out. It's, life is in chaos and life is it's, it's out of control. And, and, and no matter what I do, I, I can't fix it. And before the storm came, we're living life, we're confident, all because we thought we were in control, but yet we quickly discover, oh, how so easily we discover, hey, I'm not in control. And this storm that has suddenly come, it's got our boat rocking and our lives are spinning out of control and there's nothing I can do to fix it. And there's Jesus. Oh, no, he's not sleeping. He's fully aware of what's going on in your life and in my life. He knows the storm that we're dealing with. He's seen it coming, and he's seen us row the boat and try to control it ourselves. And the whole time, he's sitting there at the Father's right hand in full power and all authority who can speak into our situation and calm it with just a few words. But yet, we want to try to control the situation. We want to hold on to those oars and row with all of our might, everything that we have. And yet there's it's Jesus, the Prince of Peace. And he's saying, I, I can help you. I can give you peace. I, I, can, I can give you rest. I can calm this storm. But you continue to try to control it yourselves. All you have to do is come unto me. I'm here to help. But see, because of this fear, like the disciples had, we have this fear and we can't think straight and, and, and we want to control the situation. We want to control the storm. But hey, the next time a thunderstorm comes, there, there's clouds outside. It's supposed to rain today. It may be raining right now. I can go out there and I can I can get a, a leaf blower and I can point it up to the sky and, and, and I can try to blow those storm clouds on over and get them out of here. You know, it, it, it's not going to matter. I, I cannot control those clouds. We see airplanes that fly over the top of hurricanes and they'll get down in the eye of the hurricane where it's, it's, it's calm. 
And they film all this stuff and they're studying these storms. But you know what? They can't control that hurricane. That hurricane is so powerful and it's going to go wherever it wants to go in whatever direction. It's going to go over any place and, and, and rain and, and, and the strong winds are going to blow and, and it's going to destroy everything in its path. And there's nothing that airplane, no matter how many airplanes they put over that hurricane, we cannot control a storm and there's jesus sitting at the father's right hand saying i'm here to help i'm here to help you i'm not going to keep you from the storm but i'll walk with you through the storm i'll help you get through it and i will give you peace in the situation i can calm the storm and until we choose to run to jesus we're not going to have peace. And to us, this situation, it looks impossible. This storm, it looks like it's overwhelming, that we're going to drown. But nothing is impossible for God. He says it over and over and over again through His Word. And the thing is, we have to trust God. We have to let him take control of the situation, of the storm, of our boat that we're so desperately trying to control and we can't control it because it's, it's too much for us. And God says, I, I can help you with that. Jesus says, I, I, I can control that storm. I can calm the storm. I can give you peace. And we have to trust Him. And when we do turn to Jesus, when we do put our trust in Him, and when we do let Him take care of the storm, that fear will subside. The fear will be cast out, and we will have peace, just like the disciples did. And after it's all said and done, we will respond just like the disciples responded. Because they were amazed and they said, Who is this man that even the winds and the waves obey him? Why, why were they amazed? Because they have tried with all of their might. These, at least four of them were experienced fishermen. They fished all their lives. They'd been on a boat in these storms all of their lives. But this one was out of control. They... they, they they knew they could not control this situation and they were full of fear and they were going to die. But yet they wake Jesus up and with just a few words, everything was calm immediately. Which brings me to the last thing I want to share with you and we'll end this podcast. When Jesus calmed this violent storm, and the winds and the waves that were uncontrollable, they were fierce, they, uh, they uh, immediately stopped. They were, there was immediate peace. The winds were calm, the water was calm, and it blew the disciples' minds. Now think about this, and I've already alluded to it several times, but they have heard Jesus teach. They have heard powerful authoritative teaching like they have never heard before they have seen people healed they have seen demons cast out 
But that didn't necessarily affect them because they weren't the ones that had the sickness. They weren't the ones who had the demons. They saw what was going on, but it, you know that was somebody else. That's somebody over there, so it doesn't necessarily affect me. They have not, these 12 men that Jesus handpicked, they have not necessarily been personally affected by Jesus. They have been chosen by Jesus. They've been traveling with Jesus. They, they heard the teachings and they saw the miracles, but they have not personally experienced the power of Jesus until now. And it literally blew their minds. Who is this man? Who is this dude that can speak a few words and these violent winds, these violent waves? I mean, we were about to drown so full of fear. And he wakes up and immediately everything is calm. Jesus delivered these men from death in a matter of seconds by speaking a word. They had experienced this calm sea. They had experienced the storm that had come up suddenly. They have experienced the winds that were so strong it's causing these huge waves. They've experienced the boat being tossed around like it was nothing. They have experienced the, the winds coming up against them, the water coming over the sides of the boat so strongly that it, they were afraid they were going to be tossed overboard and drowned. They have experienced real fear. But now, for themselves, they have experienced the power of God. For themselves, they have experienced the power of Jesus. Think about that for a second. There are some people, it may be you or people that you know, but there are a lot of people who know all about God. They, they know what His Word says, but they have never experienced God for themselves. They have never had a relationship with Jesus for themselves. There's a reason why the psalmist wrote, Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Try him out for yourself. It doesn't matter what they've heard about Jesus. It doesn't matter what they've seen Jesus do in other people's lives. Because they never experienced Jesus for themselves. And, and it's not until they get into a desperate situation and experience them for him for themselves, they're not going to understand. No matter what we say to them, or no matter what they see Jesus do in other people's lives, they will not understand. They will never know just how powerful God is until they experience Jesus for themselves and that time's going to come that time is going to come just like these disciples experienced everything was calm and they're rowing to the other side and they're having conversations about the day and what they heard jesus say and what they've seen jesus do working these miracles and this storm comes up out of nowhere there will be a storm that will come in your life and other people's lives that's going to just throw your world into chaos and you're not going to be able to control the situation. And you may be in one now and you may 
be on the other side of one, but you know what I'm talking about. And that storm's going to come, and it's going to come out of nowhere, and, and you're going to be so full of fear. And my prayer is that you will be like the disciples and turn to Jesus because he is the only one who can calm that storm. Jesus is the only one who can right the ship, if you will, who can take your fear and give you peace, who can take that raging, out-of-control storm and calm it just by speaking into that situation. Whatever you're going through in this life, Jesus sitting at the Father's right hand and He's calling out, hey, just turn to me and I'll help you through the storm. Even if He doesn't calm the storm, He will walk with you through the storm and He will see you through the storm. And what if the storm, just say the worst case scenario, what if you did drown? What if you did die? But if you're walking with Jesus, you still win. You still have life eternally with Him in heaven. It's a win-win situation. Why would people not turn to Jesus? Because they've never experienced Him for themselves. And that day's coming, my friend. If you've never experienced Jesus, you will. You will. And if you don't turn to Him in this life, you'll bow the knee before Him in the next one. And then he's going to say, I never knew you. I never had a relationship with you. Depart from me, you workers of iniquity. Don't, 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 don't experience Jesus that way. Experience him now. Bow the knee before him now. Turn to him now. Wake him up now in your desperate situation, in, in, your, in your fear. Run to him and allow him to show you his power. And experience Jesus for yourself. And your life will never be the same. I guarantee it. God bless you. If I can help you experience Jesus. If I can help you. uh, If I can pray for you through your storm. If I can pray for you that your fear would be calm. That you would be full of the peace that only God can give. Contact me at thegrinditpodcast at gmail.com and, and tell us what's going on. And we will help you in any way that we can. And if we're not in your area, we will find somebody in your area, wherever you live. And, and th- th- they would be able to pray with you and point you to Jesus. That your storm, that your life that is so full of chaos will be full of peace. God's peace. Thank you for listening today. Share this podcast with somebody that needs hope, that needs Jesus, and keep grinding. Thank you for listening to the Grinded Podcast today. May God bless you. If you have any comments or questions, you can email them to us at thegrinditpodcast at gmail.com. If you would like Randy to come and speak at your church or your next event, you can contact him through that same email address. Also, I would like to thank Jody Foster's Army, also known as JFA, for their song, Abba, as we use for our intro and our outro off their untitled 1984 album. May God bless you, and remember, keep your eyes on Jesus and keep grinding.